Well, top of the morning to you. Uh, we have our uh, key drivers slides here that we'll go through and tell you what's moving the markets. Uh, today is February 22nd. Uh, as we always start the uh, start the program, uh, we have our email addresses, our office phone number there. Uh, if you have any questions at all that come up while you're listening to this or watching uh, us, uh, watching the slides and listening to us talk today, please don't hesitate to reach out and uh, and ask us those questions. We'd be glad to uh, to answer them. Really, the things driving the market today are the same things that we've been talking about now for uh, several weeks. We've got the top bullet there, obviously taking top billing today, uh, which is the Russia-Ukraine situation. We've got them there. Are you tired of talking about this yet? Uh, this has been a market driver for what seems like uh, months now. I guess it's actually probably been, what, are we coming up on five or six weeks, you think? Yeah, at least. Um, it certainly got markets royal, but uh, I think we had, we had a little rally again last week, as we say in the second bullet there. But uh, really, outside of the veg oils, commodities went up last week, but not a heck of a lot. I think the veg oils were up circa 3%, bean oil up just less than $0.02 cents a pound. Uh, yet another $50 a ton in the palm oil market. That's a whole other two-beer discussion. Um, but most of the rest of the markets were up a point or so. I think uh, corn market was up a couple percent. Beans were up a percent. Wheat market was flat to up a percent. So we got a market that I think is still kind of uh, starting to tire a little bit maybe, but really watching for the outcome of what goes on uh, over in the Black Sea area. Now, we do have some movement there this morning. Um, as many of you have probably heard on the news or read in the paper, um, Putin is now uh, looks to be entering Ukraine or has at least said he's going to, uh, calling it a peacekeeping mission uh, to, to liberate, I guess is the word, the eastern parts of the Ukraine that are Russian-speaking, uh, Russian separatists uh, anyway. And I think the market right now is waiting for a response from the Biden administration and really the West, the rest of uh, NATO. Um, is this going to be considered an invasion, which, as you know, uh, our administration and the rest of really of NATO have said that if, uh, if Russian troops move into the prior Ukrainian border, uh, the, uh, across the prior Ukrainian borders, that there would be severe sanctions. Uh, I think the market's bracing right now for um, what the NATO response will be to that. You got crude oil up, depending on exactly when you look at it. When I walked into the room to do this call, we were up a little over $2.50. We've been up just under four, I believe, uh, earlier in the overnight session. So that's that's certainly taken top billing on the market drivers here, uh, certainly today. Um, we've also, I didn't put it on this, the, the bullets here, but the market is still trying to deal with just how big or small the crops are the bean, soybean crop particularly, but also the corn crop in South America. Uh, I'll frame that up for you a little bit here when we get into uh, the, the slides. And something else to kind of, I don't know if look out is the right word, but something else that the market will be certainly watching later this week will be the USDA Outlook Conference. We'll start to get some numbers out of that conference, I believe Thursday and Friday of this week. Uh, typically, because it's that time of year, the market is uh, usually watching and will be certainly this year uh, to see what the USDA gives us for an acreage split. Now, if you remember to kind of frame this up, <clears throat> the market looks at the acreage numbers coming out of this conference. Um, I wouldn't say with necessarily a bit of skepticism, but we have to understand that 
the USDA's estimate for planted area this spring that comes out of this conference are all what they what the USDA terms model based. Uh, the USDA has economic models based on current prices, based on the farm economics that will guide what those numbers and what that estimate is from the USDA. Contrast that with what we get at the end of March, which is the USDA planting intentions report. We will get that on, I believe it's a Thursday, March 31st. Um, those, I believe they incorporate part of their model results uh, uh, in mid-March, but the, the largest part of that acreage summary that we will get at the end of March in the planting intentions report will actually be based on farmer surveys that they send out and actually ask farmers, hey, what are you planting this year? So um, that's the contrast, but the market that later this week will be watching uh, what the USDA says. I think uh, conventional wisdom right now would be that might pick up a few bean acres at the expense of corn. Uh, as we've talked on this call plenty of times in the past, uh, nitrogen fertilizer is historically expensive uh, with the corn bean ratio that I'll also show you today hovering around that 2.5 mark. Um, might get a few more bean acres uh, put in the ground. Scott, what's, uh, tell us what's going on in the uh, wheat markets now as the market braces for what may or may not happen in the Black Sea. Yeah, well, that's that's the the the, the big thing. Uh, obviously, is the the threat of war and knowing uh, we've talked about in the past about that Black Sea region and how much wheat comes out of there. Those two countries represent about thirty percent of world wheat exports, and so that's why the wheat market is uh, really watching what's going on over there. But uh, outside of that, I, I would say uh, uh, to your to your point earlier that the, the market's pretty tired. Um, we, we continue to get bits and pieces of news that would lead us to, to not be bullish, but uh, actually be a little bit bearish. Um, and and uh, you'll see one of the uh, bullets that I've got there this week is, are we gonna have enough wheat? Are we gonna run out of wheat? Well, some of these little tidbits of information that, that continue to, uh, tell us that we won't run out of wheat is that we've got the Indian uh, Ministry of Ag. And you got to remember that India is a big wheat producer, but remember they have a lot of people and they keep most of it at home. Well, they had an outstanding crop this year, over 7 million tons more than they have had of their five-year average. Um, Uncle Sam is trailing the play on the estimate of that crop. Uh, 111 million tons is what the Indians are calling for USDA's got it at 109.5 and 7 million tons of exports. Um, we've talked about Argentina and how USDA is trailing that record crop, uh, as well as Australia. Uh, USDA also trailing that record crop on their balance sheets. We continue to hear good news about weather in Europe, as well as the Black Sea. Uh, France just came out with their first report uh, of the new season, and their um, their wheat is at 95% good to excellent. That's even better than it was a year ago at, uh, when it was 86% uh, good to excellent. So um, I guess at the end of the day, we're, uh, I am left anyway, thinking that we're definitely going to not run out of wheat uh, anytime soon, and we will make it to the finish line, and that finish line uh, I would say is is this coming new crop harvest here uh, uh, in the states, you know, June, July timeframe. So, 
that uh, you know the, the markets are going to be following what goes on in the Black Sea, but other than that, we're going to um, we're getting a little tired. Yep. Well, thanks for the update on uh, wheat, Scott. We'll kick it back to you for dairy here uh, in a couple minutes. And I talked about South America. I made the comment a few minutes ago that I would try to frame this up for you. Now, what you're looking at here on this grid on slide five is Cordonier's estimates. Um, I would put him a little bit probably below where the trade is, but not a lot. Uh, his current estimate is for a little over 173.5 million metric tons of soybean production in South America. Um, that is way below, miles below the current USDA estimate of about 191 million metric tons, uh, and even well below last year. I mean, his current forecast would be a uh, over 12.5% decline from last year's South American soybean production. Um, he's a whopping 17.3 million metric tons below the latest USDA estimate. Now, I'll be honest with you, I, I think the trade right now is well below the USDA. <clears throat> Cordonier on the Brazilian crop is the lowest estimate that I have seen in the marketplace. Uh, I believe he's also the lowest I've seen in Argentina. I think the trades head right now uh, where he's 173.6 million metric tons, I think the trade's head at this point is probably in the upper half of the 70s and feeling like we'll be doing pretty good if we can get to an 80 million metric ton crop. So probably looking at at least another 10 or 11, if not 12 million metric ton right down from the USDA numbers. Now, there are still those out there, like I was a couple of weeks ago. Um, they are getting to be a smaller and smaller group that think that uh, the the analysts have way overrun how actual how actually bad this crop is, uh, and that we might actually have a crop that's north of 130 million metric tons in Brazil. But uh, I would not say that that's conventional wisdom right now. I would say that that's a pretty getting to be a, a pretty small fraternity, if you know what I mean. We've also talked about uh, planting and what farmers are going to plant this spring and. Uh, what you're looking at now on slide six is a corn and soybean price ratio, a simple price ratio for new crop corn and soybean prices. That's November soybeans divided by December corn futures prices. And, you know, you heard me make the comment here that we've seen a huge change just in the last month or two. Um, you go back here to this fall and you had a market that was down, uh, you know, 2.1, 2.15. Uh, that certainly would, was favoring corn back then. Even up in these levels, you heard me make the comment that, uh, you know, when we dipped here, uh, even with the higher fertilizer prices, um, the market was still favoring or still telling, giving that economic signal for a farmer to plant more corn area. Now with this ratio up here in the 2.4s and up around 2.5, uh, that things are kind of tipping back towards beans a little bit. And I think, you know, three, four weeks ago when we told you that, uh, you know, remember we talked about, we had on one of our calls, we talked about the big divergence of opinion. Uh, the ADM CEO was one that we mentioned in their earnings call, said that they were looking for a huge increase back then in corn planted area. I believe the folks at Informa, uh, they have a different name now. IHS market. IHS market. Uh, they were looking for, because of those economics that we discussed, a big increase in corn planted area. Others, because of this nitrogen issue and expensive nitrogen fertilizer, uh, being a little bit more cautious. Well, I think with the big change in price relationships because of what's happened in South America, um, the, the group that is looking for a big increase in corn planted area is 
is also getting to be a much smaller fraternity these days. So we'll see what the USDA says later this week. And certainly, um, I think that will set the table uh, as we move out into March and this planting issue, or not issue, but this planting uh, thing becomes a certainly a bigger market topic. Um, not a lot of changes necessarily by the spec this past week, but we do need to know that the spec continues to have uh, some very big positions. As you've heard me say before, um, the commodity casino is open and business is brisk at this point. Uh, continued over here in the soy complex, you can see the spec continues to hold at or about 15% of open interest, a little bit below that now in bean oil as they slowly liquidate some of those positions. But uh, these are big holdings uh, by the speculator. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we're going to start talking a little bit more about soil moisture. It's still a bit, it's still probably way too early, but the way the early season is, is shaping up moisture-wise, um, just like last year, we continue to have some good moisture out here in the east. This is topsoil moisture, um, good moisture in the central and eastern Corn Belt from a subsoil standpoint. And as we've talked about, really more in the context of winter wheat at this time, but um, we are still kind of dry out here in hard red winter wheat country, uh, the western edges of the Corn Belt. Um, Iowa, even though it's showing mostly white here in Nebraska with a little bit of yellow, uh, we are dry here. I think uh, our snowfall total here in Omaha, where we're talking to you from, is actually still below eight inches of snow for the winter. So we have had a very dry, very mild winter at this point. Now, again, it's, it's quite a bit too early, but... Uh, this will be a topic here going forward. You can also see the colder temperatures here uh, kind of creeping in, but uh, we got looks like a few days of cold temperatures, but probably not going to mean much. The other thing I wanted to point out here is uh, we've gotten a good bit of, of uh, snowfall uh, up in the Canadian prairies. You can see these red areas here three weeks ago, two weeks ago, last week, and now this week uh, are kind of shrinking and getting pushed further to the west. Now, that's pretty good news, but again, it will be spring rainfall. Uh, will certainly be a much larger and more important topic. Also a little bit better range here. We got better range down in Argentina, um, as you can see uh, right here uh, coming at us. There's even better range if this map would go out to the six to 10 day. Uh, and so we got better rainfall as we leave February and go out into March, but it's really what the market, uh, what mother nature gives us here over the next five or six weeks are going to determine how good or how bad that Argentine crop is. Now, it is hurt. Uh, we will have almost certainly a below trendline yield crop in Argentina, um, but whether it's 39 million metric ton crop uh, that Cordonier is currently forecasting or whether it's something up in the low to mid 40s, uh, I think is still the jury is still out on that based on uh, based on weather. So. Um, with that, I will jump to Terry and throw it back over to Scott. Well, uh, first of all, on cheese, um, those prices have kind of ticked up here a little bit on the spot, at least. We're we're hanging out just below the two dollar range. Um, if you look at the uh, uh, deferred numbers, they are kind of flat going forward. You mean to flip to the next? Uh, deferred prices. Yeah, there's your deferred prices on cheese. We get up to just over. The two dollar range got all the way up to the two ten, two eleven numbers there for April and and May. Um, but 
I, I would say that uh, milk prices have, have started to uh, uh, ease just a little bit. Um, and uh, uh, if it weren't for the labor and transportation uh, problems that we read about each and every week, it just can't seem to get out of their own way there. I, I think that we would probably be seeing even more production than we have. Um, we, we are also uh, in the cheese market um, kind of trailing still below those international prices. Uh, German Gouda there around 229, 230. Um, and and I, I think that uh, that's another reason why we still have pretty good interest in our cheese markets. And speaking of interest, uh, because of pricing, uh, you, you know, the, 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 that theme has been riding along in butter for a long, long time. Uh, we, we had a pretty good week of trade, 28 lots. Uh, I think it's interesting to note that that's just since the beginning of the year, our butter market has been all over the map. We've been as low as 243 and as high as 293 on the spot. And when you look at that deferred market, um, that is inverted. Um, you know, here we are clear up uh, um, uh, in the upper twos. And you see that that uh, spread or uh, strip there. You know, you get out into the middle of the year and we're below 250 going forward for the second half of this year. And, and December is all the way down in the 230s. So I think that uh, uh, we'll, we'll have to uh, uh, hang with this a little bit. We continue to be well below uh, the international prices. Uh, both Dutch and German prices right now are just below three dollars at two ninety nine. Um, we're below the uh, global dairy trade. The last couple of auctions in in that regard, um, the the spring holiday business is pretty much already um, in the tank, and we've got uh, uh, companies talking about uh, uh, building up storage for the fall already. So uh, again, that that I believe that. Uh, a market would also be running a little bit harder and stronger if, if it weren't for some of the labor and logistical issues that they continue to fight. All right. So, well, thank you for the, uh, the dairy update, Scott. And for this week, that is our story, and we're sticking to it. Uh, as we have always mentioned and mentioned at the beginning of this, and we'll mention again at the end, if you have any questions that came to your mind while we were talking today or you were looking at these slides, please don't hesitate to reach out. Again, our email addresses and phone number is uh, right there on the last slide. So as always, and especially in these markets, be careful out there.